0: Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'm on a journey of discovering what loving oneself actually looks like. I want to invite you into my process, hear some of my crazy stories, as well as hear some amazing people with wisdom and insight give their take on what it looks like to love yourself well, and in turn, be able to love people well too. Come on. Welcome back to uh, Like Me, Like You. Um, a series of stories about my life, about my experiences, and the lessons that I've learned from them. Um, the last episode, uh, I was talking about a little bit of, well, a little bit about my dating history and about my family history. That kind of leads me to who I am today. Um, I believe that we all are just made up of a bunch of little stories. That's actually who we are. It's just a bunch of little things and experiences and stories that we carry. Some are sad. Some are wonderful. You know, some are wonderfully sad. So some are, you know, beautiful and uh, full of memories and nostalgia. And some you can hear hurt and wounds and uh, feel empathy and compassion through the stories we carry. So I enjoy stories. I love to tell stories about my life and about my family. I feel like I come from a family of storytellers. I actually grew up um, with, of course, both my parents, which in the last episode, I kind of gave a little bit of history about my dad and my parents. And um, one thing that my dad did that I loved was he could Uh, act out stories. So my dad was an interactive storyteller. He just didn't like read us stories. He would act out everything. It came with voices. They came with a character. He was the characters in all of the stories. And so I just grew up with a love and a passion for storytelling, for um, enthusiasm in stories and characters and uh, what I enjoy uh, hearing as well. So, um, I just sit and talk about things that happen to me and try to explain them the best way that I can. I think there is a part of me since I've been a little kid where I think I've always kind of carried a, a tiny bit of fear that I, I'll be misunderstood. So I n- never, ever want to be misunderstood. My goal in life is to be completely clear <laughs> in communication. And that comes, uh, through telling stories, too. I, I love being able to fully communicate and fully explain what it was like to put somebody in my shoes um, or in the shoes of someone else uh, to fully grasp and understand so that they can ultimately, you know, learn from it as much as I have. Um, last going off, we talked about, well, I talked about uh, uh, becoming TikTok famous, which is a little crazy. It was, it was actually just one story. I can't even say I'm TikTok famous. I had one <laughs> one video go viral. So, I looked I just looked today just to catch up and I'm at I think 326,000 views, which is hilarious. So, 326,000 people witnessed a minute story of me explaining what I'm going to tell you next, which is a terrible 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 date I went on. I went into the date not knowing that it was going to be terrible, of course. I went in kind of I used to be hopeful, I can't even say I'm hopeful anymore, just for the most part that I've had so many bad first dates that it's kind of a bummer to, like, work yourself up to thinking, like, this will be great, this will be fun, this will be fantastic, you know, and you kind of, like, walk away like, well, that wasn't the best, or, well, I almost died there, or, well, you know, you know, uh, I can't say I even think that that was a person, or whatever it is that you encountered with someone, um, after a while, you kind of, it loses its luster a little bit. So, I can't even say I was super excited about this date. But um, what happened was uh, I guess I guess to backtrack a little bit, I just to re, to cover what we talked about before is that I go through this period every probably I don't know once every 6 months maybe it progressed Last year, more I don't know because of COVID and loneliness and just everybody being isolated from one on, one another. But definitely, it happens about once every six months. I would say that's probably a good safe bet. Where I kind of get this urge of like, you know what, I'm gonna, yeah, this is the year. Like hashtag, like husband for Bethany 2020. You know, and that my goal is like, okay, I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna, you know. Grab life by the horns and decide, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to say, you know, no to possible adventure or possible, you know, meeting somebody great. So uh, typically, you know, I'm very busy with work. I have a very busy, like, life outside of work. I'm really involved in my church, with my community. Um, So typically, dating, like, it's just today's society. Dating looks like dating apps, which, you know, it is what it is. I've moved all over the place. I've lived all over the U.S. I, I think I went to two two or three different, two different high schools, I believe. That's ter- terrible. I don't remember. Two different high schools in two different states. I went, yeah, and we moved from different countries, all of those things. So I just don't have one of those stories where I marry my high school sweetheart or, um, you know, that like he was my neighbor or I've known him since the third grade or we lived in the same town our whole lives. Like that was just not my story. I've lived all I lived all over the place. So, um, you know, things are a little bit different nowadays. So anyway, I could give you a gazillion excuses as to why, you know, I want to confirm that dating apps are OK, but I don't even know that they're OK, <laughs> to be honest, because you know, I'm shooting like oh for sixty right now. So this, I guess I should say they're not the greatest. So anyway, there is definitely a lot of shame around dating apps as well. There, you know, um, I would say there's a what's the word I'm looking for? There's definitely an association with dating apps for them to, you know, it's like a hookup site or all these all these different things. And I can't honestly say. That everyone on those are looking for that, but that is definitely a stigma that is with dating apps. So every time I would go on for about, you know, I would maybe make it a week. Maybe. Maybe, for the most part, usually four to five days, maybe a week if things were like, okay. But it's because of the encounters on these dating apps. Just having to explain that you're, you know, no, I'm actually you know, I would say like, I'm a Christian, I'm a little old fashioned, I'm actually looking to date intentionally towards marriage. And that just seemed to be just the worst thing you could tell a very large group of men. So some, some agreed that that was okay, some didn't. So it ends up just being super discouraging. That's typically why it doesn't last very long. Every once in a while, You'll have somebody that you click with that will actually ask you out to meet for coffee or for dinner or for lunch or whatever. Um, And you do. Um, Unfortunately, I've become pretty, I I don't want to say suspicious, but I think there's no other word. I'm pretty much suspicious. A, I, I don't even know if you're real. There's a lot of scam artists out there. I don't even know why, but they scam people via Dating apps. Secondly, I read a statistic that 47% of the men on dating apps are married or in a relationship, which is also horrifying. So you're having to like weed through and ask smartly and try to get to know someone to see if they're even compatible and safe enough to meet, is where you're at. So there's like all of these stages. You like, you match. There's casual conversation, there's chatting, that moves to a different form of communication, usually exchanging text messages, then you're talking on there, then you tend to meet for a coffee, and if things progress, you meet again, if not, you literally don't see one another ever again, you delete numbers, and that's it. You know, so it's this on a rotation, it's the exact same thing on a wheel over and over and over and over again, and sometimes you make it to the phone texting stage, sometimes you don't. And it's, it's got a very weird vibe to it in a sense that it loses its humanity because it becomes very easy to discard a person. It becomes very easy to like, I'm just not going to talk to you ever again. And like, that's it. Like you just never talk to someone ever again. It's very odd. It's a very weird thing to get used to. And it's sad actually to get, to be used to that. But that is the culture of online dating. Um so with me there's shame around it because there's multiple times where I've felt like I wasn't supposed to do it. But it seems to be um uh, I don't know if it's like a comfort, like a false comfort or like I feel lonely so I'm going to lean into this and decide to do it even though it it's created zero fruit for my life. And I think that's the indicator. It's like something is if you are a farmer and you are planting things that don't yield any crop. Do you keep planting it? No, you don't. Or do you tear it down? Like, do you cut the tree down and plant something else? Usually that's what farmers would do. Or they would never grow that thing again if it didn't yield a good crop. So that where that's where I was wrestling. But every once in a while, I would just kind of like succumb to like, oh, I would love to just talk to somebody or go out on a date. And so then I would get myself all convinced that this was a great idea. I would get on a dating app. It would last four days. I would be discouraged and get off. This happens continuously. So uh, I decided to get on. My roommates, who are my best friends, are, were also very aware of my habit. <laughs> so I also grew accustomed to like kind of not letting them know but they're not dumb. They're both very intelligent people and they're both very aware when I'm doing this, even though I think that I'm very clever, which I am not. So <laughs> I am, you know, basically download this dating app and uh, I can even go into more detail in a sense that, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, society's version of like Finn, I guess. So, you know, I'm a plus size person. And unfortunately, not considered society's, like, attractive woman. So there are actually dating sites specifically built for women that are not thin and for men who like women who are not thin. So I believe, I think it was one of those dating apps, I'm pretty sure, which I, like, came across one time and was like, I'll give this a try. Because... On any other dating app, I have to go through this whole entire extra step. So we have the matching, then we have the casual conversation, then we have the exchanging of numbers, then we have the texting, then we have the actual meeting. And so because I'm not thin, and that seems to be extremely important to a lot of men, I have to take this extra step where I have to be very clear and make sure they completely understand that I am not thin to the point that I have to like drill over and over and over again, even though I have pictures of myself that are current, of my full body, of my full self on these dating apps, I have to verify over and over again, like, hey, I just want to let you know. I just want to make sure you understand. Hey, did you get a chance to look at my pictures? Hey, is this something that you're okay with? And I concocted this like paragraph to put together to make it like, hey, I just want to let you know. I thought I'd let you tell you that this is how I am. And I would want to make sure you look at these pictures. And if you don't, if you're not into that, totally cool. Totally get it. Goodbye, friend. It was nice talking to you. If it's okay, then yeah, here's my number. Type of a situation where I would send it regularly. And for the most part, I would say... Probably 75% of the guys are like, no, I totally know, find you very attractive, would love to talk to you. Great. Some guys, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I couldn't tell in your photos. I'm like, well, I'm not hiding anything. This is just what I look like. I just want to let you know. And so I would much rather be upfront and personal with a stranger whom I've never met via this app, because like I said, people just lose their humanity they become they don't they don't act like they would face to face when they're hiding behind a screen of any sort so um so I was on this specific site because after a while I get really tired of having to explain that to people you know it's like Can you imagine being, you know, somebody and you're like, hi, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can tell, but my eyes are brown. And I know that's not normal to like people with brown eyes, but I just want to make sure that you're aware that my eyes are brown because there's nothing that I can do to change my eyes being brown right now, you know, unless you want to wait eight months before you meet me and then I can order contacts and maybe have a different eye color by then. But as of right now, this is what I am. (laughs) So you have to like go through this whole thing, you know, and so... It just gets tiring. It also is discouraging because nobody likes to lay before them the very thing that they're most insecure about in front of a person that you're trying to get to know, right? That's not a way to, like, kick things off. Like, let's kickstart this this way. So was on this dating app, um, matched with this guy. He seemed so very normal. He seemed so good. But if you ch- remember in a previous episode, I talked about, narrative in conversation over text and not over phone not hearing the influx in someone's voice not hearing their tone but you are creating a character with someone that you don't even know is that character your brain is literally filling in the blanks of who you want this person to be so if they send you a text of like yeah right you can read that as in like oh he's agreeing with me yeah right yeah I'm right that's cool or you can read it as in like yeah right like Oh, he's being sarcastic. He doesn't agree with me. You can take things in so many different ways depending on the filters that you're listening and filling through. So um, to me, I I guess I have a very hopeful filter because (laughs) I thought he was normal. So um, he seemed to hide his crazy pretty well. Uh, We decided after a couple days of talking that we were going to meet at like a local restaurant and yeah, so we, uh, decided one night to meet. So I thought I was being clever, told my roommates I was going to go out for a bit. I was going to be back in an hour or two, you know, going to meet this guy, um, to get to know him. So on his pictures and his photos that he posted, he was really normal, like very clean cut, very, he looked put together, very like, I don't even know if this is a genre, but Southern accountant. That's what we'll call him. He was like pastel colors, with loafers like very put together seemed to be just a normal business casual guy so when we met at the restaurant he was he was very late first of all he was about 25 minutes late and so I texted him just to be like hey man if you're not coming I'm just gonna go ahead and go like I'm not gonna wait around and he was like no I'm on my way I promise I'm on my way um was about 25 minutes late I'm going to pause right there because that's another indicator of like, hey, I believe that we all have God given ability to feel when something isn't okay. And it is like, you know, people call it intuition and all of these things. But we have natural alarms in us that are like, hey, I don't know if this is cool. Hey, this seems like a bad idea. Hey, we shouldn't, you know, maybe you should go home. Hey, you know. And so unfortunately, while I was sitting in my car waiting for this guy who was 25 minutes late, these little alarms started to go off of like, maybe you should go home. Maybe you should leave. Maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe you shouldn't. And you know what? It was, they were right. I should have listened. And I don't know what happens over time that those become duller and duller and duller that we choose not to listen to them anymore. And I don't know if it's like a societal thing of like, well, we can't just assume. We can't just like label somebody this. We can't just, you know, and... It kind of like numbs and dulls those those indicators that I believe are a God-given gift to every person to know what is, when something just isn't right. Something just doesn't feel right. And I was getting that feeling of like, I should really go. I should go. And I was about to leave and he called and he was like, please don't go. I actually would really like to meet with you. I'm so sorry that I'm late. You know, he gave me some excuse. And then, uh, so I decided. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna give this guy a try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. So I waited, and I think it was like another ten minutes late. I think it was like thirty five minutes later, he shows up, and so we go inside, and he is completely disheveled. He has on like, like joggers, which is fine, but they looked like old and torn. They looked like he'd been wearing them for probably I don't know a week. Like his clothes were wrinkled and disheveled. His hair was disheveled. He looked like he hadn't slept. He was obviously the not not the same put together man on the in the photos on his profile. And so <clears throat> I was like, okay, so he was 35 minutes late. This is not the same person. This guy seems totally like disheveled. But I also Like these alarms are going off and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be that person that like judges a book by his cover. I wouldn't want to be judged. You know, I don't want somebody to assume that they know me based on my outward appearance. So I once again kind of like push those those things down and we sat down and we both got I think I think we shared an appetizer and both got a drink and I started to talk and boy. Uh, I knew within minutes, I knew within minutes, this, this wasn't good. And all of a sudden I'm filled with regret. Like I am filled with regret of like, I, I have to get out of this. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like I'm three minutes in, you know? And I, I think that that is actually like a statistic. I would have to, I should have done my research. Like, but I want to say that they have statistics in regards to like first impressions that, you know, within a couple minutes when you meet someone, whether you like them or not like them, whether this is going to work or not going to work. Um, and once again, I think we as a society are learning to push past those. And I think sometimes they're really good indicators um, that we are ignoring. So this was not working out. He starts to talk about money, which I hate. I hate talking and discussing about money. I am not impressed by uh, wealth. I'm not impressed by, you know, f- big cars and trucks and like I don't, I don't care about all that. I was raised very – by, like, humble people. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Um, With having nice things, I think it's awesome. I would one day like to have nice things. Um, It's not a matter of of having nice things. It's a matter of having identity in having nice things, which this guy totally did. So he was a money guy. So he – and that's what he started to talk about. So he started to talk about – I, uh, yeah, I play the stock market for a living. I made $400,000 in the last two days in Bitcoin, Uh, you know, just spouting off all of this stuff that is just at this point repulsive to me. And, you know, typically I can have like compassion for people, but I honestly truly think it was another indicator going off of like, you need to get out of here. You should probably get out of here, you know? And so I just said to him very kindly, like, oh, like you don't have to do all that. Like, I actually don't care. Like, I'm not concerned with, like, income, like I know what it's like. What I'm concerned is that somebody is a hard worker and that somebody, you know, loves me well. Like, that's my concern. And that was my sweet dad. That's what he always said. He was drilling my sister and I, I don't care if you marry, like, a garbage man as long as he loves you more than himself. And there's nothing wrong with being a garbage man. It's good hard work. It's good, you know, um, it's a good job working for the city. You get, in, you know, you get benefits and all of that stuff. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what my dad was trying to portray is like, you don't have to, um, marry a doctor or a lawyer or any of that. Like what, what's, what matters is how somebody treats you and how somebody loves you. And, you know, my, I can attest to that as my days in a funeral, as a funeral director. I mean, for sure. Um, there were many, many times that I would have to go to mansions to pick up the bodies of people who were so unhappy they chose to end their own lives. Amongst all of their wealth, amongst Sir, I mean, I'll never forget one man. He literally had all of his possessions around his bed, and he was miserable. And I mean, he had stacks of money around his bed, his priceless objects, everything with a, with a handwritten will of who got what. And he 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 decided to take his own life. So money is not an indicator of happiness by any means. So I was not impressed by this, and it was just getting to the point where he even took out his phone. He felt compelled to take out his phone pull up all of his bank information and show me how much money he had, which was a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. like He seemed to have quite a bit of money in his account. I will say there is a part of me, the cheeky side of me, that's a little regretful that I didn't Venmo myself some money <laughs> for all of my heart, my trouble. I should have just sent money to myself. But anyway, I'm kidding. I would have never. So after this conversation of just how much money he made and how much, you know, what he does and how, you know, he's this money guy and he just does all this, I decide that I am going to get up and go to the bathroom because I need a minute to think clearly so that I can come up with a game plan. So I excuse myself to the bathroom and I go in the bathroom and I just kind of like looking in the mirror and kind of like, come on, girl, get your head in the game. We're going to do this. We're going to get out of here. Like This is going to be Fine. And I start to recite to myself like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say, you know what? This has been so nice. But actually I have to go home, go to work. It was so nice to meet you. I'm going to pay for my drink. Like this was great. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. You take care. I'm going to go. I was like reciting what I was going to say and how I was going to say it so that I could go back there and just lay down the law and leave. So I muster up all the courage I have. I walk out of the bathroom and I sit back down and I said, you know what? And he said, how do you know? And he interrupted me and I said, what? And he said, how do you know? And I said, how do I know what? And he looked at me wide eyed and terrified and he said, how do you know I have demons? And I instantly just saw my opportunity to leave just disappear. And I said what do you mean? And he looked at me dead in the face and he said, I didn't know I had demons until right now. And I hear them talking to me and they told me they know your name. They know who you are and that I have demons, that they have control of me. They live inside of me. How, why do you know this? How did you know? And I said, Jesus, (laughs) that was my answer is I said, man, I hear God's voice. I hear it for myself and I hear it for other people. And I don't doubt that what you have are demons. And I don't doubt that they know me because I know them. So if you want to hear how I got out of this, <laughs> which I'm talking to you now. So the story ends well. I do get out of this. But I would love for you to check in next episode and we can talk about and I can explain how I got myself out of that date and what I learned from it until next time. So great being with you guys.